0: We are so excited to be back with our series, Pivoting in the New Normal. Rant and Rave is
1: dedicated to promoting businesses and entrepreneurs serving the Caribbean community. Now we're offering the chance to have your business or brand promoted on this
0: podcast. Mm -hmm. Packages range from $25 to $200. Go to BKRantandRave.com to learn more or email us at BKRantandRave at gmail.com. Hey, Soka lovers,
1: it's Soka Say So. And this Chick. And we're back. And this season,
0: we're touching on pivoting in the new normal. This is episode two of season four. And today we are talking about how managers should be serving their clients right now during this global pandemic. And so we invited management extraordinaire. We have Natasha Andrews of Mastermind Productions, who also manages several soca artists, joining us to tell us what she is doing and how she is pivoting in this new normal. Welcome, Tasha, to the program. Thank
2: you. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me.
0: Yes. we We want to first let people know just for those who don't know who you are, the people under the rock, we have to tell them <laughs> <laughs> how you got started in the music industry in soca. We mentioned mastermind production. So if you want to give them just a little bit of a background of how you, how you started in this industry so they know.
2: Um, okay, so I've been doing this for about 20 years. Um, I started with a group by the name of Cloud9. They were one of the few Soka bands out of Brooklyn. Um, I, they used to rehearse at the club, uh, the remember. I don't know if you guys remember the elite arc over on, um, off of Pennsylvania yeah. or that side. And anyway, so, um, one of their, they had a, a team, a management team, and they called me and said, you know, we're looking for somebody to help with ideas and marketing and, you know, write-ups. So wondering if you could come and, you know, sit in on a couple of meetings. And I did, and, you know, I started, I, I really hadn't done it before, um, and I went and started working with the guys. And then when that team kind of separated that management team, the guys in the band I asked if I would manage them. So that's where I started. And you know, after that, it was one band after the next. So it was Crowd9, then it was Impact 2, then Postman. Then uh, there, there was a whole, I, let's just say, I would sit and talk to just about anybody because I really enjoy working with the underdog, as you call it. as as you would like to call it, person, you know, who needs the most help. Um, Not that I wouldn't work with an established act. I just prefer working with people who are on the up and coming side of things um, and to get them there. I feel like when you grow with them, you understand the journey better and you can do more, in in my opinion. Anyway, so, yeah, that's kind of how I started. Um, And then later on, I met Sean, mastermind, and we started Mastermind Productions, a music production company, and we put out several albums on. And then, you know, and I just kind of added on and took off some and did some, but that that, that kind of sums up the whole 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
1: So you had a, access to a lot of artists. Quite a bit, yes. Yeah. What drew you to work with the ones that you actually chose, like lyrical? You
2: know, elements. okay, so let me see. Lyrical is the so the, this is like the biggest debate ever. So I have two friends who came to me on separate occasions and said, Oh, we have this friend, he's real talented and you have to work with them. Both friends will tell you that they brought him first. Um, so Richelle from ramajay Mass is one, and this guy named Roomba, um, another, and they both told me, and it's coincidentally they were talking about the same guy, lyrical, and they said, You have to see him, you have to see him, he's so good. And so I went to one of his shows and I saw him. He was actually really, really good. But I, you know, at first I said, um, my, my exact words were, if he was that good, how come I've never seen him? <laughs> and they were like, no, Tasha, give him a chance, give him. So I went and he told me, he said, don't worry, you hear about me. You'll hear about me. Because Lero is like a different breed of artist. I, I can't even lie. Um, and I've worked with quite a bit, um, and that's kind of how, so it wasn't a matter of, um me saying I want to work with him, people brought in and said, you know, and he really was talented and he was willing to work. Um for me, if I'm picking, if I am to pick who I work with, it would have to be people who have that drive. You know what I mean? I couldn't work with someone who was waiting for it to happen. You would have to be making it happen for you. So um because if I'm coming into work and I'm gonna put my time, because when you're working with new acts, when you're working with someone who no one knows, it's more work with no pay, right? You're putting yourself on the line. You're saying to them, "I believe in you. I believe in your talent." And so, when you decide that you're going to do this, that it means that you have to give it two hundred percent. So, if they're not willing to give two hundred percent, then what the hell are you wasting your time for? You know. Mm-hmm. So, mm. for me, if I'm to pick, if I'm to say that I want to work with an artist, it would be somebody that I believe is willing to give that extra, mm-hmm. that extra hundred percent. That's how I would pick. Um, you have to be willing to stretch because you have to, People, a lot of people believe, oh, my manager is going to do this because I have this man. No, your manager is like an a industry mommy, to be honest. <laughs> right? <laughs> no, it, it, it's what your job is. Your job is to guide and direct and give advice and tell them what you think they should do. Of course, the job really is, you know, theirs to decide. And a lot of people don't know. I say this in like just about every interview I've ever done. A lot of people don't know the difference between a manager and a booking agent, Mm -hmm. right? So, and I think that, you know, when I started working with Cloud9, I really did not know like anything about it. I knew that I thought, at first I thought a manager was like somebody who paid for everything. Whoa. (laughs) And then, well, no, because what the situation that I walked into, that's what was happening. These guys were financing things, getting them stuff. And I thought, oh, so maybe a manager is is that person. So, you know, we were fortunate one year. No, I shouldn't say fortunate. This was not a fortunate situation. So these guys were like truly, truly talented musicians. They had three frontline singers and and the band itself was rich, like young. I'm talking about one of the managers was some of the guys, one of the guys, two of the guys' dad. Um, And I remember that year, Booz Taylor, they had a show in The Arc with Marshall Montano. And Marshall's band did not get their visas to come. Mm. So they basically came and met with us and they said, Marshall's bands not coming and we need you guys to back him. And that was like a huge, huge opportunity for the band because, you know, it's it's Marshall. Like, so in their minds, they were like, oh my God. And then, you know, you hear all the horror stories. Oh my God. You think he'll be, he'll buff us, but he worked like, you know what I mean? (laughs) So come say what you will. I really, really rate Marshall's work ethic when mm-hmm. it comes to the, yeah. his his work ethic when it comes to his band and rehearsal. There's some artists that don't show up to rehearse. They send the band and they come and they don't come and they assume and you know that everything will go right. He doesn't miss a rehearsal. He comes, so he was there. Like I'm talking, he drilled them till maybe two, three in the morning, and then he told them they was ready. They were ready. He said, "Y'all ready." And I remember seeing his mom in the hallway in the arc. And I went over and I said, you know, hi. And I introduced myself and I said to her, you know, I'm, I want to, I'm doing this. Can you give me some pointers? And she told me you have to read. She told, gave me the name of some books. And I went out and I bought the books and I started to read because I wanted to understand. I didn't want to just do the job because a lot of people show up. I'm the manager. Yeah, no, but I wanted to understand what a manager did. mm mm-hmm. And it might not, some of the things didn't apply to Soka because let's, uh, you know, to be honest, um, our industry is a little different. When I read the book, they were talking about artists who had a manager, a stylist, an accountant, a booking agent. And in Soka, you, the money is small. So you can't pay all them people. So sometimes a manager wear all those hats, right? So what I had to mm-hmm. do was like, look at it from the standpoint. okay, so here I manage a very young up and coming band. And... What do I need to learn to do? And so that's where I was. And then I learned, you know, and then I, I read and I said, oh, so this is like being a mummy. <laughs> because, because that's what you do. You have to literally sit there with them. Your career is careers in your hand. And you have to tell them what you think and you have to guide them. Now, of course, the manager in the traditional sense tells them what to do. A manager in this, in this sense guides them. You give them advice. You say, this is what I think you should do. And you tell them. Mm -hmm. Some artists tell you you make the decision. Some artists want the information, and then they decide. I ultimately like them to decide because I feel it's your career. Mm -hmm. And while I can make a decision for you, I want you to feel comfortable in that decision as well. So what I do is I lay out the pros, the cons, and I tell you what I think you should do. And I also get feedback from you as to what you want to do. And then we sit and take those ideas and we mesh them and we say, okay, so here's the plan. In order for you to achieve this, this is what you need to do. This is the areas you need to improve. This is where you're good, but here's what you need to do to get to this point. And that's how you build really. You have to have a business plan because it's a business. You essentially, the artist is the business and you have to take that business and build it and, you know, plant and water the seed and it grows. But, um, I think that is where a lot of people fall to. A lot of people sit down and look at an artist and say, okay, I want to be like Marshall, or I want to be like Kess or I want to be like this one. And then you start just doing what they do. And sometimes that doesn't always work because you're not them. You have your own style mm-hmm. and you need to develop what you need to do. So you, it really boils down to sitting down with them and planning, putting that structure in place at the beginning, and then working towards those goals. Sometimes those goals shift. Because, you know, at some point you realize, okay, I've, I've worked with artists. I wanted to sing and by the end. They were songwriters. They weren't singing anymore because they realized, okay, maybe I can't do the singing, but I could write. You know what I mean? So sometimes it's sitting down and listening to what they want to do, listening to them. And then also being honest with them, too. You have to be very honest because I've had people sit with me and they could not sing a lick. And I've told them, <laughs> I'm not saying that somebody will not buy that, but I'm telling you, you cannot sing. And you, <laughs> wow. It's a very hard thing to do. I'm telling you, people used to be like, oh, she's mean. One guy said I threatened his life. You know, when he hears this interview, he'll be like, yep, she did. But no, I didn't. I merely told him the truth. You know what I mean? I said, there are things you can do, but, you know, you can't approach the business like it's a joke and expect people to respect you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's, you know, like I said, it's a very, it's a very important job in any artists, And I tell them every day, if you're not ready for management, don't go there. Mm. don't go there. Don't mm-hmm. go there because people say they're artists that say they want managers, but they still go and do whatever the hell they want. And then when it fails, oh, you didn't help me. No, uh, no, 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 no. We told you don't do that. You did it anyway. <laughs> so, so, you know what I mean? So again, if you're not ready, if you're not ready to be told, if you're not ready for the honesty, if you're not ready for that, then don't get a manager because you need that. And if your manager just a yes man, then don't get a manager either because Again, you need somebody who's going to be you need a mummy. Cause your mother will tell you, Gilda wear that. You're not looking good. <laughs> it is the same, uh-huh. it is the same thing with a manager. A manager will not let you get on stage and know you're looking busted and tell you, girl, go with it because you say you're looking good. I mean, that is the hard truth. Or the truth is sometimes you just have to tell the truth that really not gonna work you on know, You just have to be honest.
0: Yeah. So you have to advise them. As manager, you have to look out for them because, of course, their livelihood equals your livelihood, too. But right Mm -hmm. now, with things going so crazy, we're in the middle of a pandemic, people aren't traveling, you're not getting shows, you're not getting bookings. What should a manager be advising their clients right now in this whole crazy time period we're in?
2: True. So I'll tell you the truth. If you're a real manager, and I say that with confidence, then this pandemic will just be you reiterating the things you've been saying from the beginning. A good manager is somebody who looks at the, I told tell you, big picture is real important, and you plan it from the beginning. A lot of artists sit and think about it right now. If you're real, if you're good, you are gonna would have had that artist recording music, putting out albums, and thinking of other ways to take their money and invest it, because that's part of the job. Like I said, mommy, your mother will not sit down and tell you, yes, honey, you're beautiful, but get an education. It's the same thing with a manager. I would sit and tell you, yes, you're, right now your career is good, but let's start branching out and doing events. Or let's start doing different things that could bring in money when you're not even working. Um, those things is what a manager should have been doing from before. So now you say, ah, so you see we had this, we was doing this as a minor. Let's make that the major mm. and, and focus on the other things. Um, again, Management in music doesn't mean just music, right? It's also saying invest your money. It also says, uh, try stocks. It means, oh, start a business. This is what you really wanted to do, invest in that, and including music, some or the other. That's what should have happened. If you didn't do that, then now is the time to start redoing those uh, multiple streams of income. What can you do? What are the things that you've been doing? How much money have you saved? Because that's your job to kind of guide them and tell them, okay, you so you saved. Tell me what it is you want to do. Okay, so you said you've done this. Okay, there are the virtual events. Do a virtual event. Right now, there are so many platforms that you can actually use and spend money on and, and make money. I saw, what's his name, that comedian guy, White Daddy, have a, con- uh, mm-hmm. a com- comedy show. And from what I hear, and I don't know if it's true or not, that comedy show was recorded four years ago. But he managed to take that, do a whole show, and earn income from it. So if you have no other forms of, if if you have not planned for something like this, but you still have your talent, then do a virtual concert. Don't go trying to charge a million dollars, but you have your platforms. Most of these artists have very big followings. Use your following to get those people in. Record music. Start Spotify. Playlists. Promote those playlists because streams will come in handy. The YouTube playlist, all those things. To be honest, most of the money is earned from YouTube streams on youtube i think you earn to me anyway at least from what i've seen and from the music that i have and own you get a, a whole the the most money comes from the youtube stream because people spend some people just on youtube clicking through listening listening start promoting your music start doing more i find that artists on the whole generally speaking they release a song and it goes to the radio, and it's great. And, oh, yeah, great. We did. we have a song playing in the radio Okay, So now we listen for those performances. And they don't do enough to promote the sales because they believe that Soka don't sell. People don't buy. We download. We don't sell. But to be honest, people spend a lot of time on YouTube. Start promoting that. Start creating, getting an artist account on Spotify, Apple Music. Create those playlists. Start promoting those playlists. Spend the money. We don't spend enough money. Some of us don't even run ads on our music because we feel like we're doing that and spend that money, those things actually help. I own a very big catalog of Christmas music, right? When in Mastermind Productions, one of the things that we were known for was our Christmas compilations, right? And when Sean stopped producing for a while to pursue DJing or whatever, I said, Christmas music never dies. So every year I go to different uh, influencers and people like Julian Promos, the Rhythm Streams of the world, and I create, they all have artist accounts and whatever, and I have them create Spotify and YouTube playlists. And then I run ads on that on my various Christmas accounts. And I use these, the income comes in. That's the way the income comes in because I still have to, these these songs were created, but we still had expenses. That, okay, people say, yeah, that was old, but Christmas music will die. <laughs> so you use it. And so music shouldn't die either. So there's no reason why you can't show up. Uh, we have, we see these essential playlists on Apple Music all the time. There's not an international R&B, reggae, hip hop artists or there's not an essential playlist for them on these channels, create your own damn essentials. Start getting those streams in. People don't see the value, but let me tell you, you'd be surprised how, how, how it comes in handy right now. We just have not been doing it. You know what I mean? So if you do not have a hidden talent or a hidden business, or you know what I mean? There's, there's nothing you've not planned at all. Then I say start investing in the things that you know how to do. You know how to sing, right? Start doing that. Um, your accounts are huge. You have those big influencers. There are some people offering money for influencer ads. Become an influencer. I feel like those are the, if, if, if you did not plan, then those are the things you want to tap into. I'm not going to send you out to get a job. You might not be able to find that right now or right away or whatever. And that might not be the right way for you. So if you want to, then start making money with the things that you do know how to do. You can sing, have a show. You know, do a show, plan a show. And it doesn't always have to be you singing. Get together with some of your other artist friends, put together a concert, split the profits. I've seen it, it works. It works. People say, a lot of people say, well, oh gosh, everybody going live and it's not paying. And then there's also companies that are looking to promote their brands because guess what? People have been stuck home. They're shopping a lot. Align yourself with some of those brands that are looking to promote their stuff. There's a lot of companies. That would pay you to do a live. I watch it, um, what's his name? That DJ, D Nice. And again, mm-hmm. I use these people because I I often feel like we once soccer is different, as in the market is smaller, we still have some of those opportunities out there that we can use, right? So I watch D Nice, who plays on Instagram live all the time, right? And mm-hmm. I realize that what he's doing is he's being sponsored to do it. So he's doing it but he's making money and while he's doing it, he's promoting whatever brand and that's pinned to the page. So you see this all the time. There's that I've watched. Um, there's a few people well that do it. DJ stacks as well. There's a bunch of, of live, um, gigs on Instagram on sponsorship, start marketing your brand. And if you're, if that is what, if you have a manager that realizes, okay, you have something that we could sell, sell it make yourself marketable, make a lot of artists have gone quiet as well because they're not working. I feel like now is the time to start promoting and being even more present on Mm -hmm. your social media channels, building those, build those followings because there are companies that are in fact making money. Because let me tell you, they are making money that are looking for that extra push. We've been approached by food catering companies to do drops for them, to do this, to promote this. So those things are happening. I say align those things and start making that money. And then you know how this business goes. One person does it, somebody else jumps in. Oh, I want to do this. Find those things to make yourself visible. Because I feel like the biggest mistake you can make right now is to go quiet. Hmm. Hide. So there, there are ways. There are ways to do it. And you know what I mean? And make that money. Some I've seen DJs their cash up and go and DJ online. Okay, that's one way. I, I, that, I don't suggest that for an artist. But I feel like if you have a big following, the other thing they're doing is not putting out music. And, you know, it goes to the conversation that I've had, like, I don't know, forever about our music being seasonal. Se- seasonal, sorry, seasoning. <laughs> seasonal. <laughs> we have to stop that because the music has lives. People are still, the one thing that nobody has stopped doing during this pandemic is listening to music. They All have right. not stopped. They have not stopped. The other thing artists have to stop doing is, If the music does not make you jump, it is not a hit. There are songs that you may have in your catalog that no one has heard. Now is a good time to get those people listening to those songs. You have them up for sale, promote them. We might never, we might never have heard that song because it's not a wind-up song, a jam down song. But we might like it right now because we're looking for that new content. I've seen it, I know. So I feel like now is a good time for artists to dig into that catalog and look at what they have and start using it to promote themselves. You have the time. You ain't going nowhere. <laughs> Use it. Use it.
0: Yes. Yeah, it sounds a lot like what I heard someone say on Tune Tuesday. Yes. <laughs> Somebody said glad, that. Oh, okay. Yay. I'm, I'm
1: glad you said it because that is just what I was preaching. I, I, uh, little bits was on the show this week and. Um, I asked her if she wanted to promote anything, and she said she's not make uh putting out any music. And I said, Lady, you have so much music out there already. Tell the people where to find those songs. Tell
2: us how exactly to it. Exactly my point. It,
1: it makes sense. It it just makes sense. There's so many tunes that get buried every year, every carnival.
2: Now is the time to let them shine. Agreed. Yeah, we're not we're not using it. Let me tell you something about perception. I, I'll tell you a quick story because I want to over-talk here. When we when me and Sean started Mastermind Productions, it was two people. Sean used to be Bungie's, uh, in Bungie's band. He was the keyboardist and uh, I forget what the title was. But anyway, yeah, he was in Bungie's band and he was the producer and the keyboardist and so forth and so forth. And he wanted to do this production company. So he started Mastermind Productions based on that, right? And again, he had a name. He had a name because he had produced uh, Bungie's two Soka Monarchs, uh, Blaze the Fire, and the other one, you know, Smoke, Fire Brigade, that mm-hmm. one, right? So people knew him. And then he came after that and he did Don't Stop for Show and that one groovy, Mon- groovy, groovy monarch. So he had a catalog. And then he did Adrian Dutchman's song, that one, the monarch in um, Guyana. So people knew who Sean was. So when we decided to start Mastermind Productions, one of the things, you know, we sat there thinking, okay, so Revenue. We had just bought all this equipment to have a studio, right? But we were thinking, what can we do to make people pay attention to us? And then I realized something that I learned. I don't remember where I learned it, but I remember perception is everything. So we decided to have a launch. Now, mind you, I'm telling you all right now, maybe I've never said this to anybody, we had no money. Because we had spent <laughs> every dime, every dime on equipment. Equipment is so expensive. You never realize how expensive it is until you start buying it right so i said to sean okay so we have to find a way so i remember there was this place i forget the name they used to be on flatbush was it grg there's it the guys who had grg there was a a, a restaurant right there where Barclay Center is right now mm-hmm. they bought them out and right and i remember going to them and saying oh, i want to do this thing and he was like oh you can use here we won't charge you just yeah. as long as you buy some food You can have as much. And we did an invite-only thing. That place, had two floors. But we made it so exclusive. I released this press conference and this award-winning producer was going to be opening up a place and blah, blah. And let me tell you how people eat that up. It was like people were fighting to get on the list like it was so important for them to be there. They just needed some cameraman by the door as they walked in. It made them feel really important. And then I realized, yeah, okay, that's what I'm going to do. So sometimes when people think, like you mentioned little bits, sometimes when people think that they don't have anything right this minute, it's because they don't really, they're not seeing the bigger picture. They're not realizing that they have this content, and maybe people didn't, didn't give it a chance. I've, I've seen, I remember a, a prime story is Lyrical and Roction on that rhythm. When people thought that he was added to the rhythm after Problem Child. Right. Everybody thought this was Wetty just put lyrical on this rhythm, not knowing that lyrical was actually there before problem was. But the song was never promoted. My point is, you never know what a song can do without giving it that shot. Right? I, he could have been like, well, problem going, I ain't going to promote mine. And what would have happened to rock There would be no rock They would, no would have been like, okay, yeah, okay. But sometimes you have to believe in your brand, believe in the content that you have, because, I mean, you spend money on it. You did this song. Give it a go. Give it a go. I think people need to believe in what they have. Believe in what they have. The other thing um, a lot of artists do is if people are not jumping up and down to it, it's not a hit. Mm-hmm. So they don't perform it. So you have all this this full catalog of music and you don't perform it because you believe, well, nobody, it's not a hit, so I'm not going to sing it. That is my biggest pet peeve in this business. Like biggest pet peeve. The only way the people will know your music is if you teach it to them.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: so if you're going to wait for a dj to spin it wait for a radio station to pick it up to do it for you then they're wasting time in my opinion yeah you go you push and you keep pushing you have to believe you did it you spent the money on it you did it (laughs) i love it
1: and i love i love that um lady was your like was your manager guru that's like the best person to
2: talk to Well, I, she seemed to know what she was doing, (laughs) but you know, and I, I, and that's why I went to her, but you know, the thing, and I'll tell you something that people, people don't ever, I don't know if anybody's ever made the comparison. The thing that Michelle has that lyrical has is it, and I'm not saying other artists don't have it, but these are the ones that I've worked with. They take their craft so seriously. And if I was to say, like I worked with many artists, the thing that makes lyrical special right, is I have never seen, and this is something I saw with Michelle, which is what made me approach lady when I first, you know, wanted to do this, was the effort. I have never seen effort. Like, even when I'm not thinking, lyrical's thinking. You yeah. understand what I mean? It's like, I may have an idea. Yeah, let's do this. But even when I'm not thinking, he's thinking. And that's something that every artist should be doing, no matter what. You have to find ways to reinvent yourself. If you're singing blah, blah, blah today, you can't sing blah, blah, blah five years from now. You have to come up with something else that would make you stand out. And that is something. And anytime I feel like we get in dormant, I'd be like, so Dev, what are we doing? What are we doing? And he would be like, yeah, boy, I had to come up with something, boy. And we would sit down. And it doesn't always have to be music. It could be something else that sets you apart from the rest. It's what mm-hmm. you need to do. And I feel that that's something that, you know, that's what I say. I compare him to Marshall because that's what Marshall has done over the years. Um, Before I knew who Lyrical was and there was a Marshall Montano, I used to look at how he would build a concept on a song and that song, and then everything was part of that concept. And the hunger, Mm -hmm. the thing that a lot of artists forget and and, and stop is they stop being hungry. Anytime you stop being hungry and trouble, you know, anytime you feel like your gut this in trouble, you know, I'm saying mm-hmm. that you don't have to have confidence on stage. Yes. But never believe that there's not something bigger and better than you. You mm-hmm. have to always stay hungry. Always. Never believe, yeah, well, we reach, we're good. Yeah. No. Hunger. That is so important. And that's something that, you know what I mean? When I think of the two of them, that's the one thing they share. Hunger? Oh, my God. i That's uh, something I would tell any artist. Stay hungry.
0: Hmm. Yes. Definitely. Well, you are
2: super
1: passionate about what you're doing for other people. I am very curious to know what is next for you. What are you working on for yourself?
2: Me? Ooh. Okay. So... <laughs> me? <laughs> you oh, my so, God. Okay, you are so, so a manager.
0: So... You're like, me? Wait, me?
2: <laughs> I know. No, no, no. Okay. So, honestly, um, I have some things in the works. I can't really... I'm actually, okay, so the thing that I'm most, I'll be honest with you guys, the thing that I am, apart from what I do as a manager and soaker, I'm most passionate about Christmas. I want you all to know this. Like, this is like my favorite absolute time of the year. Yeah. If anybody knows. Yes, right? we've so, seen the tree. <laughs> right. So I'm actually working on a project for Christmas, a uh, virtual project. I hope it comes off. I, I've been in talks with like one of those, um, um one of those virtual platforms. Hopefully it will come off. I've not confirmed anything yet, which is why I can't really give too much. But that is my plan. There's going to be, I'm I'm hoping to make an announcement maybe by mid-October. I said, well, this is my first project on my own. It's like me, by me, myself, and I have never done it. I've always been the supporter. I've been in the background pushing. And for once, I just said, you know what, Tasha, why not? Like, you've been doing this for how long? Do something. So I figure." this should be my first. So I'm working currently. I have a Christmas page called A Caribbean Christmas. I promote Christmas 365 days a year on there. Um, it's on, on Facebook. It's, it was a Facebook page first. I never really did Instagram. And then I started Instagram last year. So I'm now building the Instagram page. But So I use that platform, just to spread Christmas chair and so forth and so forth. Um, for the first time, I'm actually going to Maybe, maybe, and I say this maybe and tell you, ladies, it's public anyway. I may open it to the public. Usually, we I try every year to sponsor a family. So what I'm going to do this year is raise funds and see if I can do more than one family. A family that's in need. I usually get nominations from my mom, the church, wherever, and I find that one family that needs more than others. And I try to do goods for six months and bring some Christmas here, make sure they have a tree and presents for their kids. So this year, I want to kind of open it up. So this this event I'm planning, I'm hoping to raise some funds so I can maybe do more than one family. That, that, that is, cool. is my friend.
0: Dope. That's wonderful. And yes, make sure you keep us posted because we will want to promote that and let people know how to get involved. And I love the idea of spreading Christmas Chair 365. I love Christmas as well. Me I too. know I don't love it as much as you because I see my- <laughs> All the pictures, all the it seems like from
2: now you're putting up your tree. I don't know <laughs> if no, but I have, I have planned, I have it planned. The color scheme is already planned. I've clearly, yeah, it's ridiculous. If I didn't get a real tree, I think I would have the yeah, it would be upright. I mean, it's like, I, I, I'm sorry, I, I believe in, in being good right through the year, but I just feel like Christmas brings that extra oomph, you know, people are usually nicer. This year, specifically what I'm doing is because I feel like people needed more this year. Yes. Um, it's been a rough year. And the one thing you can't take from people is family and getting together. So yeah. I hope that that this is why I tell people music is something that takes you away. Sometimes you're having such a bad and you're playing the right song and you play the right thing and it puts you in that mood. And I feel like a lot of us don't. Um, we don't utilize that tool a lot. Looking, oh, I want something new. Oh, God, why are you playing that old thing? Yeah, no. That's sometimes that's why I create my best memories, listening to a song. Um, so to me, I feel like I wanna make sure I'm gonna use it for some business. I am gonna promote, like I said, my playlist and make sure people have the Christmas parang, the soca parang that we have and the carols and the instrumentals so that people can listen to. That's the business. But I also want to use it because I feel this year people need it. They really need it. Just to enjoy this have something where they can just sit back and say, you know what? I may not have done this, but I enjoyed Christmas. I had a good family moment because I feel people are so restless. We, we have no fest. We do not have this. We do have that. Let's enjoy. That's kind of, and, and it's the one thing that I think this whole pandemic has done is remind us of the things that we do have and we can appreciate, you know? Mm. So I hope, I hope that I can do that this year. I hope that I can um, spread some Christmas here and maybe help a few, a few families that need it.
0: That's dope. That's wonderful. Well, for people who are listening, if they want to get involved, how can they hit you up? How can they follow these pages? How can they follow you? Um, What's the best way to just get in touch with you? if The best way
2: to be sure for you on the best way is my number 917-495-6205 or Instagram. You can get me on the a Caribbean Christmas or Tashi Andrews. Um, same on Facebook, Tashi Andrews or Caribbean Chris, a Caribbean Christmas on Facebook. You find me and you message me there. I respond to I try to respond to just as much as everybody there is. You want to get involved, you want to help, or you know someone who's having a rough year and could really do with the help, let me know. I will be sure to jump in. I will I've I've done it for the last. This is gonna be my sixth year doing it. Like I said, it's just been my personal thing. But I figure maybe if I could get some donations, I could do more. So if I mean if not, I'm still gonna try to do what I can on my own. But yeah, so again um feel free to hit me up whenever
1: I was gonna t- I was gonna tell you earlier that mastermind stepped out himself and um played some Christmas uh some parang was it this morning I think it sounds like Sean yeah, yeah this morning
2: he's like is it
1: too early and I was like oh, no. no I'm actually ready do it that's
2: good that is good that's Sean Sean's surprised. like Sean I, I want to say this I you know Sean might be one of the most talented musicians I have ever met. Seriously, and I want to go on the record when I say if he would just stop playing the, Uh, yeah, okay, that's all I'm gonna say. (laughs) But he's like, no, I'm serious. Like you have to understand that when there are people that can do things, Sean is like one of them. Trying, you know, them trying that they tell Dodo something, and okay, but I have to show her that is Sean. Mm -hmm. So the only thing that Sean cannot do is play the trumpet. I'm being honest. Like he should never pick up the trumpet ever again in life. But other than that, I was like a real bad moment, but other than that, right. The drums, the keys, um, percussion, whatever he is killed. So Mm -hmm. I would really, you know, I say this because I hope that he hears me. If he was to do that again. Wow. Watch out world. But yeah.
0: Wow. He is very talented. He is very,
2: very talented. I hope he heard that. We will make <laughs> sure I he hears I hope so. That. Yes, <laughs> please tell him. Yes, tell him yes. So at the end, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I figure if I say it enough, it might happen. You know, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> he's speaking into existence. Why not? <laughs> yeah.
1: Wow. That was a lot of gems packed into one show.
0: For real. You know what's what I hope artists do after they listen to this? <laughs> Aside from subscribe to the Rant Away podcast. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope they look around at their management team or whoever is on their team and really try to figure out if they have the right people there. Because now with this global pandemic, people aren't touring, they're not traveling, they're not doing concerts, they're not doing a lot of things they would normally do for revenue. I hope they have a team that is advising them and helping them make really good decisions about how to stay relevant, even during this lockdown.
1: Well, for all of those that have said they're not doing Tune Tuesday because crickets, <laughs> they're not doing anything else. Maybe they should take the time and really think it about their mindset because that was something that she really spoke about. You know, the artist has to really want the career, has to really build the career that they want and, and really have to put in a lot of work on their own and not just, just rely on a good manager. Man- a good manager will get you, but so far you still have to have the drive, have a vision for yourself and your own career. So hopefully... Those artists who are home, not making music, not doing interviews, they're thinking.
0: (laughs) They've (laughs) got plenty of time to just sit and think.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. Well, she was a wealth of knowledge. And I I can't say enough that I appreciate that she came and shared all of that with our listeners, Mm -hmm. especially knowing that we have a lot of DJs and artists and producers who listen. And so I hope you guys took good notes.
0: Absolutely. But all
1: this serious talk, please, please, can I rave? No. Uh, (laughs)
0: Like, I'm really going to say no. We need to rave. Are you crazy?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Good. Well, it is only fitting that we rave to a Mastermind production, Uh, a song by Tashi's own artist, Lyrical. This is Drop That off the Saccharine Rhythm.
3: Darling, no matter with the nice, nice, nice thing again. Give them things to talk about, give them things to say. Give them things to talk about and add some spice to your name. Drop that thing to the ground, move him a down, with they say. Pull the finger, Drop that thing like a rum, explosive. can just pop up the thing and jump. Say, there, like yeah. if you like, nice, I don't even care if they want to call your name. Come on, come on. Anything you wanna do, start to do that that that, 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 Even when you're tired, they are saying, do, Slap, 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 slap Oh Lord, yeah, yeah. girl, I know how it is when you're nice and them feel it bad I know I know yeah Jalan yeah. ho you feeling feel. when, the hey. when they only want to give your time you give out a mood that's a job that thing to go you give out a mood that's a living that's a job that thing explosion just back up the as and job that thing to go you give Oh, oh, oh
0: man I can't wait till we can drop that again <laughs>
1: You can drop it in your living room. It's okay, go ahead. I know, but it doesn't drop
0: the same
2: way in my living
0: room. (laughs) It's so true, so true. So true. You know, we gotta, we have to always big up Brooklyn, Soka King, lyrical. I love it. I love the tune. I love the rhythm. I love that, you know, Artists are putting out music, even at this time, so we can drop that in our homes. We can continue to enjoy and free up and love the vibes, even though we can't be at a fete. I know I still blaze my soca anyway.
1: Of course, yes, and big up to mastermind because it is a sweet
0: rhythm for true <laughs> <laughs> Sweet saccharine. I see what you did there.. <laughs> <laughs> No, it, I, it's good. It's good to see, you know, a whole rhythm, lots of artists on the tracks. And it's, yeah, I love it.
1: I love it. Mm. Well, i love to hear how she's pivoting, how her artists are pivoting in this new normal. And I'd also like to hear from our listeners. What are you guys doing that's new in these days? these COVID times, you're in your house. Are you moving around a little bit more? What are you doing that's new? What is your pivot?
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Make sure you drop us a line, drop us a comment, but make sure you are following us. Follow Soka Say So on all social media or go to SokaSaySo.com or you can follow Dish Chick on all social media or go to D-Y-S-C-H-I-C-K.com. And
1: subscribe to BK Rants and Rave. Go to BKRantsandRave.com.
0: Oh, and definitely check out, you guys, you can sponsor an episode, yeah. a segment. When you go to BKRantsandRave.com, you will see our packages that are included. Make sure you drop us an email and let us know if you're interested. You know we love to support the Caribbean.
1: Exactly. Support for support. Yes. Tell the people about your business. You're doing all that hard work. <laughs>
0: Except for the people sitting home doing nothing, waiting for 2021 when everything is apparently gonna just reset to normal, but whatever. <laughs> and on
1: that bit of tanti notes. Okay, bye.